to show and tell now, shall we? What's good, beautiful people of the world? I am Creator K, and welcome to episode 43 of the Show and Tell podcast, a bi-monthly show on every first and third Tuesday of each month where a special guest and I share stories, music, and art that you should know about because sharing is caring. If you're listening for the first time, welcome. If you've listened before, welcome back, regardless of which party you fall into. I hope this episode finds you well. Joining me on the show for this episode is electronic music producer and DJ Drell. An artist who likes to express himself through different styles of sound, one of which is expressed in his new album, an experimental departure from what he usually produces, which tells stories of love, closure, growth, and more. We recorded this episode about a month and a half ago before the release of Drell's project. It is currently out now. You should go listen to it either before or after this episode. You have free will. You can choose to do whatever you want to do, but we do play two tracks from the project. So if you need a little bit of a taste before diving in fully, which I encourage you to do so, then stay tuned. We play some of those tracks in part one. We also chat about, drum roll please, the album, The Space Between Us. Drell shares how the concept of the project came to fruition and why he chose to execute it in an orchestral style of sound rather than in his usual future-based roots. He talks about how transitions and relationships helped cultivate not only this project, but himself as an artist and a human being. In part two, Drell shares an item that represents one of his hobbies outside of music and gives us some insight into his personality through, word's probably going to give it away, fashion. Now with that said, please put down your pencils, get up from your seats, come over to the carpet and sit crisscross applesauce, please. I know I said you had free will earlier. In this case, you don't. You have to do what I tell you because it's time for show and tell. Yo, yo, welcome to the show. That's all I got. That's why I'm not a rapper and I should not pursue to be one. Welcome to episode 43 of the Show and Tell podcast. I'm your host, Creator K. Joining me on the show today is music producer and DJ, Jarrell. What's good? Hey, what's going on, Creator K? And uh, everyone listening at home or wherever you're listening. <laughs> yeah, what is good, everybody? Uh, comment below. There's no place to comment, but you can let us know how you're doing somehow. I don't know how. <laughs> uh, yeah, what's good? How are, how are you? Welcome to the show. Happy to have you. Yeah, I mean, I'm great. Things are great. You know, school kind of sucks just because things are online. But, you know, music's good. Life's good. Friends are good. I'm healthy. So, honestly, I really can't complain. Even though, like, it seems like nowadays everyone's just complaining about everything. Yeah, no, I definitely get caught in that trap a lot. Um, I mean, there's, there's, there's definitely more of a reason to complain. It's just, it's a little harder to stay positive, especially, uh, the key I think now is having a conversation with a friend yesterday was that we got to really stay positive now that the sun is starting to go down earlier and earlier. Yeah. Winter is coming for all my Game of Thrones people out there. Yeah. I am a, I am an avid Game of Thrones, uh, fan, not so much the last season, like most other people, but I mean, (laughs) But so, so you're in school right now. Are you in school, but it's online or are you home and taking classes online? Yeah. So I go to the university of North Carolina at Chapel Hill. Yeah. So it's like, it's all zoom classes, but I'm, I'm in Chapel Hill right now. I'm, you know, on a, a town apartment, you know, it is what it is kind of blows being on zoom, but I make the best out of it and still, you know, eager to learn and just 
get out of here, honestly, at this point. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I feel for you because I had a lot of fun in college and the biggest part was the social part of it, just meeting new people. And that kind of sucks that it's not happening right now. Hopefully everything settles down and gets sorted out as soon as possible for that reason. At that point, I've actually like, I, I like had my first like DJ show in January, like right before, you know, kind of the world went on lockdown. So like I started 2020 with a taste of like what my future could be. And uh, then like, it just kind of got stripped away. But right. I had like a whole bunch of opportunities over the summer to do like online festivals. One of which was alone together with like some crazy big artists like uh, more Kismet, um, Vincent, two friends, which was like, you know, me seeing my name on the poster with those guys was just like crazy. Cause I, like that's a dream. No, that's that's what's up. Before we actually get any further, you've already kind of alluded and I introduced you as such, but why don't you tell the listeners who don't know who you are, who you are and what you do? Yeah, so um first I'm a college student, that's probably my priority right now. And then my little side hustle is uh just being a DJ and music producer. I mainly produce like Future Bass, but you know, I I have this upcoming album that is like a really strong departure from my traditional sound. And um yeah, you know, it's just something that like the, the album specifically was something that was really important to me. It's it's or it's like it's orchestral music, so it's like it's really different, you know. Mm. It's it's like if if someone pulls up my Spotify and they like listen to one song and then listen to one song off the album, they're like, "Wait, what the hell?" But um yeah, like I said, it's just like it's an authentic project and that's just kind of what I'm out here doing. It's just like being authentic with my art. That's how it should be. I mean, that sounds great. I, I yeah, no, I let's let's actually if uh, you don't mind, let's play a song off of it. Yeah. So um, my favorite track from the EP is and also probably everyone's favorite track is uh, what we once were. So I think you should take a listen to that one first. All right. But I also think you should listen to the whole thing. So. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, absolutely. Th this is just a little taste and the people will listen and they'll be like, "Ooh, I got to go check out more. So, yeah, let's let's roll this track. Thank you. 
So that was what we once were. Let's just talk about the project as a whole. What was the inspiration behind it? You mentioned that it's a departure from what you've put out in the past, your current catalog that's on the internet. Why such a drastic change? What caused you to go in this direction sonically, emotionally, etc.? Right. So this project, honestly, over the course of the time of me creating it, took on new meaning. But like the original inspiration was kind of based off of like a, me getting out of a really long-term relationship. And so that's kind of emphasis on like the title, the space between us, like, you know, like you're, I feel like I was growing apart from this person. And so like, that's the title. And, and um, the songs are like very much about relationships and like friends and all that kind of stuff. But, you know, over the course of time, the project took on new meaning. So I actually transferred to UNC uh, last fall. So in like a lot of ways, the space between us was like kind of like a new chapter in my life. And it's like, you know, the old me and the new me and all the songs kind of took on new or took on meaning about like different aspects of my life, like growing apart from old friends, finding new friends, or just like, you know, finding my, like myself really, I don't mean to sound cliche, but you know, I'm like, I'm now 22 years old. And I feel like, you know, being at this age, it's like really, really like, it's a defining moment in who you are. And so like this whole album, I wanted to kind of, I want to try and capture that like in real time. And so I feel like I really did a good job doing that. Yeah, definitely. So you, you transferred schools last fall, like a year ago. You yeah. Said? How, how, what, what caused that? What made you want to switch schools? Oh man, you're really putting what, me on the you, spot. you don't, you don't have to go super in depth. I'm, I'm just curious. Yeah. I mean, I, I would say the, I was at, um, another school in North Carolina, which was a little bit further away from home. So I made the decision to transfer one to get closer to home. And also like at the end of the day, the degree from the school I'm at now is just sets me up better in the future. So, I mean, that's like the real reason, but um, once I transferred it, I just kind of like realized all these new things that I never really even considered like um, like the social aspect of the school or like the opportunities that are like, you know, are in this community that weren't in the other one. And like within the first month, I was like, holy shit, like this was like <laughs> the right decision for me because I can honestly like transferring. And then like when I really started to, you know, gain more traction as an artist, they overlapped. So like I kind of credit the transfer decision as like a turning point in my music career. So it's just kind of cool how like they all like all these all these like different decisions kind of come together and they're connected in like ways that you don't really like think about until you experience them. Yeah, that's pretty wild. Uh, do you do you accredit that to just the sheer number of of people you're around in a just a larger university? I mean, there's there's way more people there, so there's more people to reach, different kinds of people to meet, a, a greater chance of meeting different kinds of people, or or were there specific people that? you met that were doing similar things or what, what was it exactly? It's a little bit of both. I'd say at this school, there's a lot more emphasis on the arts. And so like right away I was just, you know, where like at my old school, maybe I had like 10 producer friends, mm -hmm. but here I have like a network of like, you know, a hundred plus people that all like some do EDM, some don't. And it's just like, like right from the beginning, that was like a click. So that was cool. But then also like, transferring put me in a position where I was forced to adapt and change. And I feel like because of that, like I really kind of developed in the person that I'm, that I am today, if that makes any sense. Oh, totally. 
A- absolutely makes sense. No, I, I, I agree without going to, going into it in depth because people have heard me say this multiple times on the show. I went to school and played soccer for a year and then got cut. So I was forced to transition and adapt to just being a different person and seeing myself differently. And that, and that was for the best. It was, it was, I would, I wouldn't change a thing. I wouldn't, uh, it definitely wouldn't change a thing. It was it was nice being forced into adaptation is oftentimes for the bet. Excuse me for the better. I I agree very strongly with that. Yeah. So let's keep talking about transitions and go back to the sonic side of this project. So like I mentioned and like you mentioned, this this project is is a big departure from your more bass heavy you know EDM style sound. Why did you go in this direction with a more atmospheric orchestral approach? That's a good question. Um, honestly, like the simplest answer is I downloaded a bunch of these plugins, never used them, nor like, all right, I paid all this money, let's give it a shot. And that's like, that's literally like how I got into this t- like style of music. Like there's no other explanation. But then as I started to create the projects, like I just felt more connected to like the sound of it. And I feel like, at least for me, when I like listen to a classical piece of music, like just just the selection of instruments, I feel like convey a more emotional feel than like, you know, your super saws and your distorted kick drums and all that, you know, junk that they put into, you know, or future bass tracks now. Mm -hmm. And so like once I kind of got on that wave of like making these songs that I felt like, you know, were just a more authentic reflection of emotion, that's when I poured like my own emotion into it. And it just like, it just came so naturally. That's beautiful. <laughs> I think that's beautiful. I, I totally agree with that. The artist that immediately just came to mind with, I don't know if I'll remember the song specifically. It might be introvert, you know, laxity. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, his music is just so beautiful when he goes along the route of, you know, ambient's not the right word but orchestral and classical and just uh an ensemble of sounds so and that's very much what this project sounds like i i it is not to sound cliche but an emotional roller coaster there's a lot of builds and then there is um recluse and you get to kind of deliberate on what you just heard and and yeah yeah it's 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 a really great project i i'd love to share a second track if that's cool sure i think I think the next track you should share is I Miss You When You Walk Away. So I recently changed the title of it. And um, like after the whole album was, you know, produced and finalized, I decided that the track track needed a name change just because there was like an event in my life that kind of just who I made the track about and the inspiration behind it and like just like the reversal of all that just, you know, the, the title as it was before just didn't really match the feeling that, you know, I felt. So I changed the track. You know, I guess like the message for that song is like sometimes you can't have what you want when you want it. So that's like, mm. that was the reason for, you know, changing the track. Title. All right. Well, let's give it a run and we'll see you on the other side.
Yeah, it used to be called All I Need Is You, but, you know, I'm a romantic if you can't tell. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's good. No, I can't tell. It's a good thing. I, I like I like when people share their personal stories in music, and especially when there's no lyrics, it's really interesting to hear how people use pure sound and instrumentation to convey the message that they're trying to get across. I think that's really cool. Are you at all worried, I'm putting worried in quotations, that this project will be received maybe not how you'd like it to be purely because of how different it sounds to what you've made in the past. I mean, people you've, you've grown a bit of a fan base because of the music that you have currently. I mean, that's just how art works, but you know how it goes. There's people out there in any situation, you know, with, with music or any kind of art, you always hear the phrase, Oh, I like your old shit better. You know, I, I like that, the, yeah. that old stuff better. Are you at all worried or is that anything that crosses your mind? or has crossed your mind in the process of making this album and and uh, its impending release? So that is actually a feeling that absolutely consumed me. And I ha- I've, like, I've had this project finished for, uh, at, over, at this point, over a year and sat on it for 11 months and just didn't share it with anyone because of that exact feeling. It was something where so authentic and vulnerable. And I felt like because it didn't match like the Drell aesthetic, that, you know, it would just be like a waste to put it out there. Like no one would stream it. I wouldn't make any money off of it. People would be like, you know, what the fuck is this? And then, you know, one night I was just coming home, out drinking with some buddies and like the buddy I was with had heard it. And he was like, you know, you just got to release it. And then that sparked a conversation. And like that, I attribute that conversation with this friend as like, like the realization I had that like, I'm making this art for me and not for like anyone else. And then, you know, like, here we are, the album's out. And like, I honestly couldn't feel any better that I made the right to des- right decision to release it. Cause like, at the end of the day, it's like, it's my journey, it's my music, like it's my experience. And I just like want to share it with people. And I don't really, like, not everyone's gonna, it's not gonna click with everyone, but you know, if it clicks with me and that's all that really matters. Yeah, for sure. And and being that it's a different sound, you might attract a different kind of listener as well, which would, which would be really cool. Yeah. So is that what you meant when in the description of the project on SoundCloud that I read through, it said you're finally ready to share it? Is that kind of what you meant by that? Yeah. So I literally had this project finished, I would say. And f- so I started it in like August of 2019 and it was done by January of 2020. And then I just, you know, sat on a private link in SoundCloud. No one listened to it. I didn't share it with anyone except for like my closest people. And just like, you know, it was kind of a throwaway. Like, you know, a lot of projects that people have, they just think it's not good enough or it's not right the right sound or it's, you know, may hurt them when they're trying to get a label release in the future. And, you know, I don't really care about all that anymore because that stuff will come if it's going to come. Like, it doesn't matter what kind of music you're putting out. You just got to like diversify and just be true to yourself is really like like the main thing and i feel so much better like it wasn't like something that like was like a huge burden but it was you know something that was always in the back of my mind like you know are people gonna fuck with this like how is it gonna how is it gonna get received by you know the fans that i have now am i gonna lose fans am i gonna gain fans like all this uncertainty but you don't know unless you know you actually put the music out there so here i am like doing that and just being me that is how i would suggest everyone do it just just be your authentic self and not worry about the outside reaction it just matters of uh, how you react with 
the work that you've made. And I think it's really cool because there's, there's plenty of people, uh, myself being one of them with, with some visual projects where you make something, you sit on it and then it never sees the light of day because it doesn't age well, or it's just like, yeah, I made it when I was in this state of mind. I don't really feel the same way now, but then on the flip side, just like in your situation, you've sat on it and it's kind of grown as it's been private. And as you've started to share it with more people and come to the realization that this is how you want to be as an artist, at least right now. Um, I mean, has, I assume obviously because you're putting the project out the, that it's aged well with you, right? It's not like something, I mean, how do you feel about it now compared to January when you finished it? Yeah. So that's an interesting question because like, I feel like when I was making the songs, it was helping me like work through all these emotions and like feelings but now I've like, I have the closure that I like that I was seeking and I can look back and just be like, wow, like some of the songs, like I'll listen to it. And I'll be like, I really just hit it like spot on. And like, it'll put me right back in the feeling, but like, I don't feel sad or like down. When I listen to it. I'm like, it's like a picture. Like you can see how much you've grown. And so I think that's like really cool listening to it, like almost a year later and I can just like, literally put myself back in that in like in that mindset and just experience what I was experiencing in the moment and then I have like the benefit of you know the hindsight and I can be like this is how like I've grown from where I was a year ago and I just think that's really cool yeah I like that comparison a lot like seeing a, a picture of your old self and seeing how you've grown I like that a lot I might steal that <laughs> <laughs> how difficult or easy has it been to put your experience and emotion into sound? I mean, you, you mentioned how just now you mentioned how when you were making the project, it was a lot of just you processing the emotions that you were going through. Did it come naturally when you were trying to, cause like for me and for a lot of other people, it can be difficult to translate emotion into uh, a physical form, uh, you know, mu music or, or any kind of art. How, how was that for you? You know, I'd say it was, really easy actually just because like i had such a like such a clear vision for what i wanted the project to be i knew that like i knew how i wanted the user to feel from the start to the from the start to the end and everything in between and so like that part was easy what was hard was like the actual technical production side because like i was experimenting with a sound that i've never really attempted before and like i just you know, just had to figure it out. Like, just like, you know, when you're learning how to make future bass music, you don't start off like an expert. And I'm not saying that like, you know, this is the standard for how music should sound of this variety. But I, I feel like, you know, because I was so dedicated to the project, like I just put in all the effort to make it sound as good as I like, as good as it could possibly be. And I really am like really satisfied with the final product. Yeah, as you should be. I mean, it's a really beautiful piece of music, or pieces of music, piece of music. I think it's interchangeable there. Um, and like I said before, I think it's really awesome when people really try to capture experience and emotion during those experiences through sound, which is really awesome. And you mentioned how, you know, you, you kept it to yourself, but you bounced it off a couple of close friends. And at this point, if I'm guessing correctly, you would you would have been here at UNC, right, when that was happening? Yeah. Do you feel like that helped strengthen those connections with the people around you? Did you feel like you were able to really 
give a good account, a, a, a genuine and honest account of yourself through this project to, to your friends? And do you feel like those connections have grown since then? Oh, yeah, so much. I would say when I like first came to UNC, some of my friendships, like the first group of friends I have is kind of superficial, just just like being a freshman in college. Like right. uh, if there are yeah. any college students listening, like you probably know that like the people you met your first month of school, like you don't even talk to anymore. It's just like, that's just how it is. Very true. And then I got into like a really solid friend group and like, I would say just being around them, like gave me the push I needed to like really work through this project. And then like the best thing is, or the best thing was like showing someone a song that is like they were the direct influence of, but I don't tell them that. And then just like watching their reaction to the, like to the music that's about them was just like kind of awesome because you know, I got the reaction I was looking for. Right. Do you, do you eventually tell them that it was about them or that they influenced it? Some of them. No, Some of them. <laughs> no, Some I mean, that's, just... that's a big leap to take. Yeah. My friends aren't stupid. They probably have me all figured out and I'm just being naive, <laughs> but you know, whatever. I'm going to be a little mysterious as much as I can be. Yeah. You gotta be, you gotta be, you can't, you can't give away all your, all your tricks and all your, uh, Exactly. everything that's going on inside. No, that's really cool. I, and I fully agree. I mean, it, it's funny you mentioned that cause it's making me rethink or think back to rather my freshman year of college and the friends I had on the, the fourth floor of Wilson hall and how like two or three years later, I, I'd say it was up to them walking past them, but we were in no way close and my best friends I met in like sophomore year. So it's, yeah, it's really cool to like meet those people and share those connections because everybody's growing at that point, you know, they're, they're all growing and finding themselves. And it's really cool to find yourself with other people because they help, they, they help make that happen. And I, I honestly think that's like for this project specifically, one of the greatest takeaways is like, for me over the course of writing this project, I went through so much growth and like, I feel like this, like the music is a reflection of that. And, you know, when I teased this album a couple months ago, like even strangers that like, I've never even talked to before, like would message me and be like, wow, I can really like see, like, th like they could understand the message I was trying to like convey, mm. which is just like really powerful when like, you know, you put your art out there with a specific goal in mind and like it's actually received the way you want it to be received. It's just cool. It was a really cool experience. It's very cool and very necessary, I think. I think people like you who are putting themselves out there, sharing their experience, as I've said countless times by now, and their story, it allows people to connect to it and maybe address some things that are going on in their life and see it from a, a different perspective and try to, you know, direct that towards their their own experience and allows them to maybe express themselves in ways that they didn't have the courage to before. So props to you for for doing that, because I think what it takes is it takes somebody to be vulnerable and do exactly what you're doing, put your story into sound, into some form of art and share it with people. And then from there, people, you know, they can react to it however they want. And, and I mean, do, do you is that one of the goals? Obviously one of the goals you had was to put your story into sound and into this project, but was one of your goals to affect people in a certain way or, or did you have, what do you expect or what do you hope for people to get out of this project when they listen to it? So like, I don't have any specific goal, like 
if you listen to the space between us, this is how you're supposed to feel. Right. I just like, I kind of left like all the titles a little bit ambiguous and mysterious because I wanted to, you know, open up the listener's mindset to like how they could relate to those, to the songs and to the titles. And for me, I feel like I did a really good job of like pairing the song titles with the emotions that I was trying to convey with each song and like the message I was trying to send. But like, there isn't like a specific, this is the right way to interpret this. It's just like, I have like, if people, you know, stream it, they'll see my message and maybe they relate to it. Maybe they don't, but like, I'm still really grateful for anyone who like, you know, takes the time to listen to it and like really just think about the music rather than just like passively listening. Mm. Yeah, no, totally. Yeah. I think, how, how do you feel about the statement once you make something, once you make a piece of art and put it out there, it's not yours anymore? How do you feel about that statement? Because that's something that's been brought up a couple times. You know, it's like you make something for yourself, but when you put it out there, obviously, as you said, who am I to say how people should feel about it? And in that sense, it's kind of like it doesn't totally belong to you anymore in a way. I don't know. What, what do you think about that? You know, I've never really thought about it like that, but that's a very interesting perspective because I definitely agree. Like, just like you said, like, who am I to say this is the way it needs to be listened to and interpreted? Like the whole, what makes art so awesome is like, you know, I could share a song with you and you'd be like, you know, this sucks. But for me, it's like, you know, a really important song and vice versa. And just like, even outside of the medium of music, like, you know, paintings and stuff, there are like all these different details that like some people will be attracted to others won't be attracted to. And because of that, the individual will form their own opinions on it. And I think that's like really cool because it opens up discussion and just all these other great things cascade from like, you know, like your own interpretation. Right. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's what art is supposed to be. And obviously modern day has turned it turned it into more of a commodity which in a way is great because people can make a living off of it and that's awesome but you can make a living off of music i don't know I, so i've heard <laughs> so i've heard so i've heard yeah i i i could make a living off of podcasting oh yeah i don't know maybe <laughs> but but at, at its core um you know art is meant i feel like for me and this is this is funny we're talking about interpretations and personal takes my my personal take on art is that the at its core it's it's something that is meant to drive connection and conversation and and perhaps discourse as long as it's civil obviously and i think just with with ego coming into play like some people might take things personally if if they're like yeah this thing sucks but it's just a general perception uh, I, and it's all obviously dependent on dependent upon how things are worded to you know but but yeah no i i i agree with how, where you're coming from on that and I, I always find it interesting i think that's a really interesting question is like you know once you put something out there is it yours anymore and and it still is it still is it's definitely still is i especially relate to like your comment about the ego part because i'm sure anyone who's listening that makes music music excuse me knows that when you share a project with your friend they'll just lie to your face and like oh yeah that sounds good and like they won't tell you how it really is and that's something that like I really paid attention to when I was sharing it with people because like, you know, it's not typical drill. It's like really atypical and just like, 
I wanted to see what their reaction would be. And, you know, some people were like outright, like, you know, this isn't it, but like, it doesn't really matter because it's for me. Right. Right. And definitely. And, and that's, that's like an emotional response too. maybe, you know, if they didn't like it because of some technical aspect, then that's a potential thing that you could be like, okay, well maybe I can tweak this and just make it sound better. But if it's just like, yeah, I just, I don't know. It's just not my taste then like, what can you do about that? You know, as, as long as you don't let it affect you personally. And I think that's, you know, where just being genuine comes in. If you're putting out the most genuine thing that you can put out your most authentic piece of yourself, then I feel like it's, it's a lot harder for those quote unquote negative comments to affect you. You know, I really agree with that. Cause like you can't try to please everyone. And I, I've realized that the more I, the more authentic I am, the more true I am to myself, the more people will pick up on that. And I feel like that's what, like, that's why like some artists get like really popular because they're just themselves. And like, that's what people are attracted to. They're not attracted to like, like the personalities that people try to put online. Like the authentic artist is, in my opinion, the one that is the most successful. Yeah, I like that. Definitely. Or the most successful are the ones who are the most authentic. I feel like I just repeated what you said, thinking that I just like flip flopped it and trying to sound smart. There are obviously (laughs) like exceptions to the rule. Like, you know, you can look at TikTok and you just have like just superstars. Mm. But, you know, is that really who they are? Probably not. Yeah, no, that's a really good point because that's. Yeah. Yeah. I guess I guess you just have to kind of choose to it's probably better to choose to think that they are being authentic because then or at least for me then the cynic comes out if I'm like they're not authentic it then it just becomes like a negative experience using the app but if you think oh well you know let's hope that that's that's exactly who they are I mean what can you do TikTok is wild it's uh people know I used to make TikToks and not now I just use it and thankfully I feel like my feed does consist of like genuine content like people being genuine but i actually got a dm on instagram let me read it it was just very strange it says okay i swear i've seen you on tiktok i'm not really on tiktok so i said i don't think so and then this person replies your face looks so familiar and you just look tiktoky oh no (laughs) wait how do you feel about that you know i really don't know like (laughs) i wasn't sure if she was trying to roast me or like maybe i just like look like some other you know, ginger person, because I don't know if the listeners know, but I got some red ass hair. <laughs> um, but it, it was just like, just made me think for a second. Like, I, I don't know. I'm still kind of processing it. It's just it's weird. Yeah. I mean, that's a, that's a thing that probably not a lot of people have heard because it's such a new media, new medium. And today I got called TikToky. Yeah. I, I mean, I guess, I guess like if, they're, they're definitely referring to the part of TikTok, the people who who dance and fit into this like umbrella of comedy, I guess. I don't really get them on my feed that much, but I know who they're referring to because of the people who do like commentaries on those people, mm-hmm. like, on, like YouTube commentaries. And I guess I, they're just boxing you into like a physical appearance. I think it's a compliment because they're generally talking, those people are like, quote unquote, attractive. So like they just yeah, I don't know where I'm going with this, but like, it, yeah. it, there, there's like a, a stereotype, a stereotypical TikToker for certain uh, co- forms of content on TikTok. That's, I don't know why I'm trying well, to, yeah. For me getting roasted by the internet. Oh, no, I mean, yeah, who, maybe. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> anyway, 
Um, before we wrap up part one, this is the last thing I wanted to ask you. So you have this project that's out. What is next? Is this a sound that you're going to continue to explore or are you kind of, yeah, what, what's, what's next on the bill for you? So to answer the second part of that question, I don't think I'll release another like orchestral album or orchestral music for a while, at least not in like this capacity. However, it has made me realize that like I don't have to make feature bass to be successful or to like, you know, have fans or do any of that stuff. And so it's kind of given me the confidence to, you know, explore other genres and other avenues of music. As for like 2021, I got going back to my roots of feature bass. I got some like really good songs coming out on some big labels. And I like, I, I really believe that like 2021 will like be my year. So I'm like really eager for, for the future. Very dope. Very cool. All right, let's wrap up part one there. We will be back in part two and have some more chats. We'll catch y'all on the other side. Welcome back to the show, the show and tell show. I'm Creator K, in case you forgot. And with me is Drell. How how are you? How are you since five minutes ago? Pretty good. No longer have to pee, so that's solid. <laughs> yeah, that's good. That's good. So, everybody, this is part two of the show where I ask the guest to bring in an item of significance to show and tell. <laughs> Did you get it? That's why I named the podcast show and show and tell. Yeah, I asked them to bring in an item of significance. They explain what it means to them, and in some cases, why you might like it too. So, Drell, what have you brought in to share with me and the audience? Well, I'm going to tie things all together. Oh. My favorite sneaker. <laughs> Puns. I love them. Yeah. What I'm showing the camera, which no one can see, is I got a Nike Mars Yard 2.0. It's just, you know, some Nike sneaker. Something that people don't necessarily know about me if they just listen to my music is that, like, I'm a huge sneaker guy. Mm. So, that's, like really important this is a really important shoe to me it took me a while to get it and it's like significant to me that's what's up and i and i know i've had on a sneakerhead in the past dj complexion huge sneakerhead and because of that i know that i've probably got some other sneakerhead listeners so i would like for you to describe the shoe in uh describe its aesthetic for for all the sneakerheads out there okay well bonus points for imagery words it's just like you know, it's a Nike shoe. It's low profile. It has a red swoosh and some red pool tabs on the tongue and the heel. And then the main colors are white and just like this kind of tan suede leather deal we got going on. And um, yeah, I actually think that like this shoe is like really cool and it stands out from other shoes because it was actually designed by a NASA engineer and like also artist called Tom Sachs. I don't know if anyone's heard of him. He just does art shit. Um, but like the materials in this shoe are like apparently, you know, graded for, you know, a trip to Mars or whatever. So I think that's <laughs> no cool. It's like it makes it a little different than the typical sneaker. But for me, like the reason I like this shoe is because there's a message on the box that says, if you can read it, I don't know. Um, it says these shoes are only valid if worn 
and worn to death by you. And so like, I'm all about like wearing your shoes and not just like keeping them in a display case just cause they like cost a bunch of money. And um, yeah, I mean, like it's my favorite shoe. I wear it every day and it's cool because it's also, it's like subtle. It's not like a, like an Air Jordan or something that like people like, oh, like that's super flashy. It's like low key, but it also like the sneaker head will know like, oh, mm. this man's a man of culture because he has this shoe. <laughs> right. And so like I'll be out just like walking on the road or whatever, or not the road, the sidewalk. <laughs> and um, You're being safe. That's good. Like I'll pass people wearing like, you know, sneakers and they won't even know what I'm wearing. And that's like the best part. And then there are there are the people who like will like it'll catch their eye and it'll just start a conversation. It's like it kind of it's just it's like it's cool to have the conversation with like the person who actually like respects the art of like sneakers rather than just like the kid who's like wearing Yeezys because he got two hundred dollars for his birthday. Right. If that makes sense. Right. You're 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 yeah. Someone who you're someone who is very deliberate with what you want to wear on your feet rather than just like you said ah yeah i got the yeezys because i had two hundred dollars you know and it's because they're cool shoes don't get me wrong i i would love a pair of yeezys but i don't know yeah sometimes if you if you make a a deliberate and meticulous decision on what you want to wear there's more of a conversation behind that because it's it's like a an extension of your personality i feel i'm i'm the same way are you uh about shoes are you so you're not the kind of sneakerhead that's like waiting for drops I used to be. Used to be, okay. I I really, like, I used to be that kid, unfortunately. Like, the hype beast, you know, clout-chasing kid. But then I kind of realized, like, you know, honestly, tying this back to the the album, like, I felt like I was getting the shoes to impress other people, but I wasn't really impressing myself. And then Mm -hmm. I kind of had, like, this, I, I, I can't really attribute it to any specific thing, but just, like, this switch. I'm like, you know, I started to appreciate the culture and, like, sneakers for like what they are rather than like you know how much money they cost or you know how cool they look or how cool it'll make me feel and so that's why i really like this shoes because it's like it's subtle and people don't really like know the story behind it unless they're like you know deep in the culture and actually understand right yeah no i totally get that and i i do want to say i i have love for all of the sneaker heads out there who are waiting for drops if they're you know really in- yeah, you know, me passionate too. Like, about the shoes. <laughs> yeah, I, th- I mean, when it comes to like, if it's just a clout thing, just to tell people you have the shoes, then that's like, eh, okay, that's cool. But, you know, don't want to talk to you. But if they're like buying it for a specific reason, like nostalgia or, or whatever, I think that's dope. Um, it's, it, I'm, I'm the kind of sneaker head when I can afford it. And I think it, it's funny because Chromanichi, when he was on the show, he's like, I like to, I'm a foodie when I can afford it, <laughs> which I think is really funny. It's like, I like to indulge, but I'm very aware of my bank account. Um, but uh, but yeah, I, I I really respect that you shared a pair of shoes that you can just beat into the ground. Um, then you just they're just a, a reliable, they're just a reliable soul, uh, if I can use that word interchangeably. If you know what I mean, is that message on the box? I'm 100% sharing that. If you can take a photo of the shoe in the box, uh, I'm definitely going to share that on the socials. Is that something that was written on? Who wrote that? Um, so I don't know if the lighting is good, but so Tom Sachs, like I said, was, I guess, like the, like the collaborator with Nike, right? And he just has this thing where he'll just like write messages on stuff. I don't know. He's... I got you. Okay. He's an interesting guy. I don't really know how to explain his art. It's like very like, um, 
like industrial chic, like kind of hands on, like looks like it was for, well, for the most part his like art is literally made on a workbench, but it also has like this really specific aesthetic that I just like really connected to. And so like, that's why I'm so attracted to the shoe. And there are like other messages on this box. Like one says, work like a slave, order like a king, create like a god. And I think that's, <laughs> that's pretty that's, cool because, that, you know. That's baller. Yeah, I, I, it's just, it's cool. And, you know, it comes with all this other like pamphlet and all this crap in the box that I've never read. But <laughs> Yeah, no, no, that's, that's great. I, are you, I found out about this shoe. I don't know if you've heard about it. My girlfriend showed it to me. Apparently, it's like the new influencer shoe. Uh, it costs like $600, and they, they're white shoes. They have a star on them. I don't even know what the brand is off the top of my head. Golden Goose? I don't think so. They come pre-dirtied. Yeah, it's Golden Goose. Gold, yeah, I, I saw that. And to be honest, the, I thought the shoe would look worse because I'm not a huge... I'm not big into the like the blocky shoe trend that I feel like it has kind of died down a little bit, but that was pretty strong the last couple of years. Um, so that's what I was expecting. But these shoes are they're OK. They're just kind of like low key tennis shoes. But the the, the pre dirty thing is is weird. Well, that's my whole thing. Like, you know, because like, you know, I, I was like reselling sneakers or like in the sneaker community. Like there are like really two types of people, the type of people who like just spend a bag on a pair of shoes and never wear them unless they're inside their own house. And like, it's just like, you know, display. And there are people who are like, you know, I like this shoe. I'm going to buy it. I'm going to wear it. I'm going to, you know, wear clothes with it. And like, I'm the latter. I really like to, you know, dress up and style a shoe, how it, how it should be. And like, I'm all about, you know, just wear your shoe. I worked for the money to buy it. So may as well enjoy it on your feet and not just like, you know, in the shoe box where you never see it. Yeah, absolutely. I don't go outside that much. So if, <laughs> it would be like pointless for me to buy shoes just to have them on a shelf. I think I, I don't knock that necessarily because, you know, they, I mean, they're viewing right? it as like an art, a piece of art, you know, like just like a painting. Uh, it's not like you walk around on the street with the painting and you're under your arm <laughs> being like, look at this cool painting. But but I'm a, of the same mind that I would much rather wear the shoe and have it be a part of a, an ensemble and yeah, like I like customizing shoes when I can. I'm bummed that Adidas, you can't like customize shoes anymore. So I just got my first pair of Nikes uh, after like six years of wearing just Adidas. Um, but it's cool, yeah, to just have something that, like I said, is an extension of yourself and like have it be kind of a conversation piece. What is, if you could design your own shoe, what kind of shoe would you make? What kind of, what brand would you go with? Color scheme and any other information you'd like to divulge? You're really putting me on the spot. I've never thought about this. Um, <laughs> I think I would make an Adidas shoe. Okay. I have this like really cool partnership with this company called Carbon. And so they make this like Adidas 4D, which has this right. yeah, yeah. 3D printed midsole. I'm just like really attracted to that. I think it's so cool. It's like ahead of its time. It looks different. So I'd definitely go with that. It would have to have reflective laces because that's just cool, you know, take mm -hmm. a picture. They're all flashy. But I think I would like keep the colorway like kind of low, ke low key, maybe earth tones or gray. So like it's not flashy unless like you literally flash at it. Mm. Something like that. Mm. I, I buy that. I like that. I prefer I, I have some like, yeah, I. I was going to say I don't like flashy shoes. That's a lie. I'll wear them, but I prefer the shoes that I can wear with anything. So like the more earthy tones, black shoes, grays. Um, so yeah, no, I'd buy that shoe. 
that'd be dope i i like those 4ds a lot the soles are the soles on those shoes are sick yeah i think they're just like so interesting looking you know yeah i'm just really like i gravitate towards that design a lot Oh, well, thank you for bringing that item in. I think it's really cool. And obviously this is an audio only podcast, but I think you gave a good descriptor. And like I said, I haven't been good about it lately, but I will post a picture that you can send me of uh, the shoe in the box. Cause I think that that box is dope. I, I like that a lot. I mean, like take it. a picture of my shoe or like just one from the internet. Oh, uh, take a picture of your shoe. Okay, cool. Yeah. Pe people can see it. Like that's Drell's shoe. It'll be a, an artifact one day. If as long as Instagram's around, <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's what's up. Dope. So before we end off the show, this is the last part, and it's interesting because you're currently in school, and this part of the show is what is something you did not learn in school. So what is something that you've picked up on in your various walks of life? It could be a piece of wisdom that you've learned. It could be a life hack, a cooking tip, a video game cheat, literally anything that you didn't learn in a classroom that you would like to share with us. Okay. I feel like this is something that you just kind of got to, you know, learn as you go through life, but it's to like always understand that like there's room to grow. And so just like, don't always like, you may be killing whatever game you're at right now. Like you may be doing really good at music or like really good at school or sports, but like there's always a higher level that you can reach. If you're have the mindset that you're always pursuing that higher level, like you're only going to go up. For me as a musician, like I realized that I'm really early in the process. And so like, I know that there's so much growth and development so much ahead of me. So I'm just like, I'm still chasing it. Even though I'm having the success that I have right now, like can't just sit back and like stay at this level because I want to go to the next level. So if you're just like always cognizant of that, I feel like and apply that to everything in life, like shit will work out for you all of the time. Yeah, it's it keeps the motivation there, knowing that there's there's always a new height to achieve. And and the fact that you can't even really quantify what success is necessarily. I mean, you you I'm not speaking for you, uh you as in just anybody listening. You might have little goals set for yourself, but you don't know what's out there or what what you can achieve. So just knowing that is the same thing. You know that there's room to grow. And yeah, there's you said it. There's there's always room to grow. Dope. That's the show. Thank you so much, Drell, for joining us. This is your time to continue shining as you have been throughout the show. Spotlight's on you. Where can people find you? Where can they listen to the project? All that good stuff. Okay, well, you can find me on Instagram by searching I am not Drell. I'm sure maybe you'll put a tag in there for me. Right. And then for my music, it's just Drell. I'm on all platforms, YouTube, Apple Music, Spotify. Um, and if you have any interest in listening to the album, I really encourage that you just like take 15 minutes to listen to it in order just by yourself or maybe with a friend, just like really just feel the music. Yeah, you can go listen to it after the show ends in a couple minutes. You should go do that. 15 minutes is not a long time to take to do things in life, including listening to music. Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. All right, yeah, well, thank you so much. Everything that he just mentioned will be at soundcloud.com slash let's show and tell. You can find all those notes in the description of the track there. If you want to get in touch with us, we are at let's show and tell on all platforms. We got some Spotify playlists. We got a discord server. If you want to come in and chat, if you want to give us a rating and review on Apple podcasts, that would be very nice, very cool. And most importantly, if you enjoy this episode or if you enjoy Drell's music, share it with a friend because sharing is caring. Peace. <laughs>